0: Welcome to another entertaining and uh, educating um, episode of Canute White, Dr. Canute White on Canute Exploration, your topic in a podcast. Hey, we have a lot to talk about today. As usual, very interesting topics, very interesting guests. And, um, you know, today is really a day when we, we'll, we are going to be exploring a topic that has not been mentioned much. In the streets, and uh, we are going to talk to someone who would help us to to protect ourselves from 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 the situation, and especially our children from the situation. Look, we heard about drugs trafficking. We heard about other form of trafficking besides human trafficking, and and this thing about sex worker and um, labour. You know, it's it's a it's a challenge as as persons are moved from from one town to the to the other one country to the other in order to engage in these things you know i i realize i heard recently that human trafficking can take place right in your own country between towns perhaps communities i will I, you know that will be clarified by my guest but um it, it's it's a thing that we, we don't talk much about And can you exploration your topic in a podcast? We are going to explore this, this human trafficking situation today. And I'm going to be having a conversation with my guest because it's it's interesting that many persons, as I said, do not know about it. I knew, well, I know someone who she she went to a Caribbean country to work and she would call to say, hey, I can't believe it. I'm locked up in this house, no light, no music, no TV, and my documents, they took it. I am not sure what's going on. How am I going to get back home? I didn't know back then that it was human trafficking. Yeah, I was very, very young and, you know, perhaps naive, I don't want to say, as it relates to these things. Right. And um, know that I know, know that you are able to know because we have someone who will tell us and it's no other than stephanie uh Olson, and, and i'm gonna let her into the studio and we'll have a conversation about this topic stephanie
1: Hello. <laughs> How
0: you, doing? you heard me right it's a touchy thing yes right? Very touchy thing. but but before we go there stephanie i want to know um who is stephanie yes. you know just tell me who you are let us know that
2: you bet well i am um a mom Of three kids, I'm a wife of a supportive husband, and I'm the CEO of the Set Me Free Project, and um, it and a mom of a furry child as well. So I have a dog. Yes,
1: (laughs) I love
0: that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You you know, like the children, the dogs can be very amusing, and you know, (laughs) keep us happy, of course. Yes, yeah. Stephanie, let me go into this a bit, though, um, right. your childhood. I, I, I don't want you to go too much into it because at the end, I'll be asking you about your traumatic experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it doubles into your childhood. But just tell us a bit about your childhood. I like to do this to to make my listeners, my viewers um, be empowered. Say, hey, look at Stephanie now and look what had happened.
2: Absolutely. So I was uh, born to a um, amazing woman, but very young and a very abusive father. Mm -hmm. And um, I was born, so this was the late 60s. So I was conceived out of wedlock and in a biracial relationship. And so set me up for some really difficult times. My mom married him and he was extremely abusive. And she escaped from that relationship, which is great for all of us. But as a little girl, I always wanted that, you know, I wanted to be daddy's little girl and he did nothing to contact me, to be in my life. And so as a young child, I always thought, gosh, well, if my own father doesn't love me, I must not be very lovable. And if my own father doesn't think I have worth, I must not. And so that kind of began the journey of my life. And through that abandonment of my biological father, um, she married a wonderful man who adopted me when I was six, but um, he was human and Mm -hmm. it was a very difficult thing for him. And so I kind of spiraled out of control into eating disorders and alcoholism and addiction. And um, I was in, some dating violence situations in yeah. my youth and sexual violence. And, and I got married to a man who was yeah. also abusive okay. and divorced him eventually and started to get back to yeah. healthy and healing. Yeah. Um, and now I have an amazing husband and three great kids and, Cool. But it was it's it's still a journey. It was a yeah. journey getting to that place and as a recovering alcoholic and um recovering recovering from a whole lot of things, including a lot of coffee. So <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. don't do anything in moderation. Right. But it really brought me to a place where I wanted to work primarily with women at the time um who were living their lives in addiction and, and right. violence and um You know all of those things, and so that's really how this journey began. Right.
0: So I see where your childhood is a very um, pivotal part of. Well, naturally, um yeah. psychologists who said that the child is the father of the man. Basically, um, okay. kind of your your childhood dictates you know the, the, your adult would journey. But uh, I see where, like me and others, your childhood have, have um you know dictates a lot. Of. But right. what what is that inspirational message? Out of your childhood that you'd like to say, "Hey, this is the message that will empower you, you and you."
2: Yeah, I would. I would say, you know, we all experience trauma. Every single one of us, and it looks different for each individual. But we can actually take our trauma and turn it into triumph. That's I'm all about resilience and really? um, living a life and leadership of of resilience. But resilience Mm -hmm. isn't just, okay, now I've arrived, I'm on the other side, I'm good. It's a a step-by-step and sometimes two steps forward, two steps back. But just know that through those traumatic childhood situations and experiences, there is great hope in um, having a healthy and and using that trauma to help others in -hmm. that journey.
0: I love, I love when you say that, Stephanie, it becomes a cliche when I say on this um, show that our adversities are not for us, but for somebody else, for yes. some group. We're just being prepared to help them, you know, I so know. we have to see it like that. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. And um, Stephanie, we're, we're going into the, the, the meat of the matter, as we'll say, um, this whole thing about human trafficking. But what is human trafficking? Let's start there.
2: Yeah. So human trafficking is literally the buying and selling of a human being for the personal profit and gain of another through force, fraud or coercion. So it takes three people for it to be trafficking. It takes the trafficker, the buyer and the individual being trafficked. And there's always something traded of value. So that could be money but it could also be drugs. It could be a place to stay. It could be any number of things, but it is literally the buying and selling of a human being. It's a contract. It is. Yes. Yeah.
0: With a consideration yeah. and so on. And off. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so we realize that, that it, it's a complex definition. I, I, I would think. And um, I, I have done a course on human trafficking recently, and I've learned so much. It is the complexity yeah. within the concept. But yeah, um, yeah uh, you are here to, to shuffle it out for us uh, a bit. So, what what is at risk for this trafficking? What, what is at risk, really?
2: You know, it, 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 it destroys lives. Um, I think anytime that you are using a human being as a product, it, it completely destroys an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think what um, and, and human trafficking can look different okay. in different countries. And yeah. I think it's really important to understand that piece because what we might see in, you know the, in Western society is going to maybe look a little bit different in other areas. But it is important to recognize, especially when we're talking about our youth, that that force piece, what we think about human trafficking, which is kidnapping, okay. you know, shipping somewhere else. And that, you know, I'm trapped in a, a basement, things like that's what we think about a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what we see most often in Western um, society is what is trafficking that looks a lot different. It's that fraud and coercion piece. And so it's not about the white van coming by and kidnapping. It's about fraud. I'm going to deceive you. And that may be just, I'm going to build a relationship with you. I'm going to tell you, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. And then you're going to do something, maybe even after a year of time spent together, you're going to do something you would have never thought you would do. And all uh, a lot of traffickers. One of the number one place to find their targets is through social media. Okay, and that's where it's happening.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and we're going to be talking more about that. But 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 you know this this thing about I said in my introduction introduction that um it's not international. It can be domestic. Yeah, in your community. Talk to me about that a little.
2: Yes, it is literally in our own backyards. Right. Um, and uh, we we oftentimes, so I'll give you an example, mm-hmm. um, Americans. So the percentage I always ask, what percentage of Americans do you think are being trafficked in America? And the answer is about 80%. A lot of people guess that it's a real low number, only about 30%. But it is happening in our own communities with our own community members. And so that's important to understand. And there doesn't need to be transporting somebody in order for there to be trafficking. We have seen um, young kiddos who are, there was a young gal, for example, who went to school every day. She She was getting straight A's. She would go um, to her afternoon job. She would come home and do her homework, and she was getting pimped out or yeah. sold by her boyfriend in air quotes every okay. night. Mom mm-hmm. and dad had no idea. So that is you can we can be at home and be trafficked, and we're seeing an increase in familial trafficking, which is yes. and dads are the traffickers, grand and grandpas are the traffickers.
0: Mm yeah so
2: very different
0: yeah so so this familial um concept really means um the family familial yep. meaning the family um you know uh, listeners you're listening to can you exploration your topic in the podcast i'm dr ken white sitting in with stephanie also um you know I, I i i want you to listen to her and learn because she yep. understands what's going on stephanie i i I want to ask you this question. It might sound like a fun question, but look, if human trafficking was an object, how would you describe it?
2: Was an object? Yeah. I would describe it as, um, so you want me to cre- to tell <laughs> you what object I would compare it to? Right,
0: in your mind. Yeah, yeah, fine.
2: I, I would compare it to, I don't know if any of you watched <laughs> The Walking Dead, right? but I would compare it to yeah, like a that. bat with barbed wire around it and very deadly. That's what I would compare it to.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's that bad. Okay. Um, how can we protect um, our kids, our children, for that matter, from human um, trapping? Yeah.
2: So I think one of the biggest things that we can do, I always say – one of the number one ways to prevent human trafficking is building relationships. Traffickers build incredible relationships. We need to build bigger ones and we need to build better ones. And so the bottom line is really teaching our youth um, and all of us that value piece. You have incredible value, you have incredible worth and you have human dignity. And not only do you have human dignity, but everybody around us does. And when we understand that core piece, we can't sell somebody and we can't buy somebody. That's the foundation. But also as a parent, it's teaching our kids how to safely navigate social media. So what are some of the things that we can do to safely navigate social media and what are the lures of the, of the traffickers? What are some of the tricks of the trade that they use? And how can we be aware of those so we know how to protect ourselves and
1: our kids?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I love that, Stephanie. But my thing is that the adolescence, that, that, that period where there's a transition from childhood to adulthood, they're yes. um, difficult to deal with. So it's what hard. you just what you just described to me, what you just said to us, how can we get through the heads of the adolescence?
2: Yes. Oh well. So middle school is like a torturous time, right? Yeah. And you've got this time period where you are looking for acceptance you're looking for love you're looking for somebody to tell you that you're worth something and now we've got kids that have only known life on social media so social media is a friend to them not only are they posting everything about the things that are going on and it's a very natural thing to do but they're asking for, hey, I need an internet best friend so I can have somebody to talk to that won't judge me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that makes it even more challenging. Adolescence is tough just in and of itself. And it seems like it will last forever yeah. when you're in it. Mm-hmm. So to have people who are safe adults and support, systems around you to to really help um, be able to process those things is really critical
0: yeah yeah because uh, you know as you talk I I look back on some household where that that female adolescent she need the, the sort of a support to be to be told I love you you know by by her, by her parents and and she didn't right. get that so she would would gravitate to to someone else you know, with a different agenda, um, you know, so it's it, it's 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 rough, but um, I, I just like to find out how does trauma affect our lives, really? Mm. You know?
2: Yeah, um, you know, trauma is one of those things that I mean, it really manifests dif- differently in every person, and sometimes we kind of compare our trauma. But understanding that trauma is trauma is trauma. And (laughs) there can be acute trauma, like I'm in a car accident and now I'm traumatized from that situation, a one-time thing, or it can be chronic or complex where it's happening over and over again, like sexual abuse or sex trafficking, any of those things. But recognizing that trauma changes who we are as a person And it really does um, manifest in ways that um, we need to be very aware of. And so I always say we want to make sure that we're getting help, recognize our trauma first, and then getting help for that trauma, because that is really it can be the source of all of those things, addiction and um, you know, some of the things that were sex trafficking is just a symptom yeah. of not having that that value and and taking care of those traumatic moments and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. trauma is a big indicator there.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, in, in my culture, and I suspect I've seen it a bit around here in, in, in Florida as well. But I'm not sure in your state where you have these children at the stoplights, the traffic lights. um, cleaning windscreen, you know, and and being abused verbally and perhaps sexually, we don't know, right? Right. Um, How do you associate that with human trafficking? Is it human trafficking?
2: It it certainly can be. So um, we see a lot of labor trafficking um, Mm -hmm. and labor trafficking. So sex trafficking is um, the buying and selling of an individual for sex, obviously, Mm -hmm. and labor trafficking is the buying and selling of an individual for labor. It can be agriculture, it can be domestic, but it can also be situations like that. We have an increase in the summer of kiddos who are dropped off in the neighborhood and they're dropped off, you know, first thing in the morning, they're left to their own devices and picked up late at night and told to sell, usually it's tubs of just crap really, and told they need to sell this. And if you sell this, you're going to have your dream of whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So they go door to door without food, without water. They're kept in a hotel room. Um, they're beaten if they don't make their quota. Mm-hmm. Those can be considered situations of labor trafficking, and very similar to people washing windows. You know, when mm-hmm. you stop at a stoplight and things like that. It looks, I think, it can look different in a lot of different cities. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, definitely, know.
0: definitely. You know, you see. You have been talking about. We have been talking about a number of things that um, the ordinary person would not see as a challenge, would not see as human trafficking. So, so it tells me that um, the, the the this public education as it relates to human trafficking, it's not happening, right?
2: Right. So people love the sensational, and so if there is a kidnapping, especially a kidnapping of a pretty white blonde yeah. girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: understand that, All
2: right. Reality. And we're going to hear about that. It's going to be sensationalized, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's something else. But right. because that's not what trafficking so often looks like, because it looks like building a relationship with right. um, a young kiddo or, or whatever, um, it looks very different. And so I always say when we're looking for the wrong thing when we're looking for the white van to drive by with the Mm. the creepy predator i have kids say a predator is like you know this super old guy like 30 in a trench coat this is what they think (laughs) and if that's what we're looking for we're gonna miss what is actually happening which is the relationship building and Mm. the grooming process And that can take a long time. That can take a year or more. And so we often miss it for trafficking because we think, well, that's just a kid that is in a bad situation in a bad relationship. That's not trafficking. Or we see children missing from care and our reaction is, well, that's just a runaway. And so we think about these kids who are really going through very difficult times and living life of trauma and things like that. And we say, well, they're just, uh, when in fact we need to recognize, yeah. first of all, they're a child, human being, they have value and they're being victimized.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, um, this is Ken Ute Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Ken Ute White, sitting in with Stephanie also. Um Stephanie, who, who can they trust? <laughs> what you have been saying, it, it seems that if a kiddo there's no one to trust, what's going on? It's familial. it's in the family. Um, this person will just want to help you. So where the trust comes in there?
2: yeah, well, that's that's really challenging. and And one of the things we teach kids instead of stranger danger, because we, we know that it's not strangers that are the problem. it's the right. people we know. The majority of trafficked individuals know their trafficker before they are ever trafficked and they don't typically self-identify as trafficked because of those, those reasons. So we can't teach kids about stranger danger. We have to teach them who is a trustworthy person. And we can't teach, I think so often we teach that a role is trustworthy. So, you know, teachers are trustworthy and, um, You know, mm-hmm. law enforcement is trustworthy, or whatever it may be. And with you know, teachers, the majority of teachers are amazing. Yeah. They work hard. They get paid too little, and they love those kids. Yeah. But there is a small percentage that is willing to um, victimize our children and mm-hmm. and do things that we would never imagine. So instead of teaching our kids, hey, this role is always trustworthy. We need to teach our kids what a trustworthy person is. And then we need to be those safe adults that a kiddo can come to and tell us anything. And we're going to respond with not judgment. We're going to respond with, um, I always tell parents, make sure you don't react when your kid comes to you and wants to just curl your hair. (laughs) Your response needs to be, okay, well, gosh, thank you for sharing that. Not that there won't be consequences, but that in that moment, they need to know that they can come to us with anything that we will listen, that we won't say things like, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you do this? Why did you do that? But we're going to react and and ask questions in a way that don't um, give them more shame and blame and say, well, how did that happen to you? Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? What's going on? And we need to believe them.
0: Yeah. And 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 this level of confusion that this sort of situation would create for the children, for the kids. And and so it means then, Stephanie, that a number of our children will fall through the cracks, so to speak. They they will just not get help because they're confused. So even if there's somebody who's genuine, yeah. They're gonna be a problem, and they will just not get in the help that they need.
2: Yeah, well, and and that is so true. And I I would add too that that yeah. kiddos who have um are trauma induced have trauma induced experiences. They are not the easiest kids to work with. And so when we're in a school and we see kiddos that have had a lot of trauma. They're usually um, the troubled kids They're the difficult ones. They're the ones that talk back or the ones you can't control, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's really exhausting to um, to be a part of their life or to to work with them with a trauma-informed lens. But it is so important. And a lot of them do slip through the cracks because Mm -hmm. we aren't always doing our job. We kind of drop the ball sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, interesting, interesting. Um, Kids, if you're watching, I hope that you're listening to this. And if you, kids, children, have have, um, questions, ask someone, you know, Talk to Mummy, Have a conversation with someone. who you think you can trust? Oh, you were told to trust. I mean, because trust, we know, is, is a big part of it. But you have to be careful despite be you know, trusting that individual. But but talk to someone. Uh, hey, this thing about resilience, though. You you talk a bit about that. But what does it look like, really? What what is it? Describe resilience in life. In life, that is.
2: Yeah. Well, I think resilience is, um, you know, a a lot of people when they hear resilience, it just means I'm going to push through and I'm going to get this done and I'm going to achieve it. And that's not what resilience really is. Resilience is understanding that we're going to make it through the difficult times, but through making it through those difficult times is a journey and it's a process. And so there may be times that we're doing really well. And then all of a sudden we fall backwards, but then we pick ourselves up and we move forwards again. And so, you know, I think about when we're talking about resilience with maybe addictions, for example, um, there might be relapses. There might be times where you, you step back and it's a struggle and you're really not doing well. And then you pick yourself up and you move forward again. So I think that's the biggest part of resilience it's consistently moving forward okay with a few steps backwards here and there but then continuing that process
0: yeah yeah keep going right keep going yeah that that's that's about resilience in life but when we talk about leadership because my doctorate has a lot of leadership component to it in fact i am also an organizational behaviorist I, i i talk about about a lot about leadership this resilience in leadership, what it looks like. Talk to me about that.
2: <laughs> well, first, I think it's understanding what leadership is and um, isn't. I think that leader, you know, sometimes people have this idea that leadership is just, it's its the the big name, you know, the CEO, they're yelling out orders and you do this and you do that. And really, leadership is, is, is serving people. It's helping people come along and drawing people to, to follow you in a, a certain area. Now, you can be a leader in work, right. uh, but, but a lot of people are leaders in their home. And I hear a lot of times people, I'm not a leader, I'm a follower. But I bet if I can look at your life... There are areas where you really do lead and your leading inspires people to follow you. Yeah. And that's really what leadership is. It's more of a, I'm going to inspire you to get on my journey and come, come with.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said that the greatest leader is not the leader who does the greatest thing, but the leader who help others do yes. the greatest thing.
2: I love yeah. that. And our <laughs> job as leaders, you know, I think with my organization, um, one of my goals is to make my staff better than me. Right. I want them to exceed what I do. And that, I think, is a sign of leadership. We want p- to see people do better than us.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I'm glad that you said that because the next question doubles into that. and uh, uh, You know, uh, the, this thing about Or can we show value and worth to ourselves and others?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. That's one of my favorites. Well, showing value to ourselves, I think, is, I think a lot of it is giving ourselves grace. You know, we need to look at ourselves. We need to um, we need to talk positively to ourselves. Sometimes I think we're our own worst enemies. And yeah, yeah. when we we would never talk to our, our best friend the way we talk to ourselves. Yeah. And so it is it is recognizing that we do have value, we do have worth, and we are contributing. Or hopefully, we are contributing to our communities and our workplaces and our families, and that we have, um, you know, amazing worth. That's 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 the first part: is respecting ourselves oh, and giving ourselves a little bit grace for for making mistakes. How we show value to others, I think, is really honoring them as human beings respecting our differences. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've kind of gone through a crazy time where we don't respect each other's differences a whole lot. But if I value you as a human being, frankly, I don't want you to be exactly like me. We probably do well together. right? And so I've got to respect those differences of yours and, and honor who you are as an individual. And I think that is really how you can show value. I, I do want to add the other way you show value to yourself is setting boundaries. Okay, boundaries are so important, and so it's it's okay to say no if something isn't right for you. And, okay. and so setting those boundaries are really important too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's okay to say no to those things that right for you. But but is it that you're looking at the relationship? It's all you value the relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? Because I, I would not say no to you if I think say no would, would, would damage the relationship. So I'd rather to get hurt, yeah, to be yes. in pain than to say no.
2: You know, I think we've taught people that it is rude to, so for example, even yeah. a hug, you know, if I were to come up, and I'm a hugger. If I were to give you a big bear hug and you were not a hugger, our reaction is usually to, you know, okay, I'm going to hug you anyway, even though I don't want to. Yeah. And we've taught people it's rude to say no to those things. But it really is important that we learn to say, yeah. you know what, I I'm going to be as kind and respectful as possible, but I'm not a hugger. So, you know, can I wave or can we do a fist pump or whatever Mm -hmm. it is? Mm -hmm. But I think that we need to learn that um, saying no to people, especially if, you know, you want me to do something. I don't think I have the capacity to do that. Saying no actually opens the door for somebody else to jump in who has the capacity and the desire and wants to do
0: yeah. that, and to start that conversation? But yeah. but you know, there's, there's a paradigm shift as it relates to how oh, we we socialize our children. Yeah. Um, usually, you know, the sixties children and so on. Why was it was a, a taboo? Why why? How can you ask why? Just do it. Yes. Right? But yeah. no. But no. We tend to have that allowance for our kids. It's okay to ask why. But I'm going to tell you why.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Having those conversations. I, you know, you can't do this. What I mean, no, you can't have 15 cookies for dinner. That's not, I'm not going to let you do that. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't I? Well, that's an important learning opportunity. If we can turn everything into a learning opportunity, well, you can't have 15 cookies for dinner because, and then you can talk about the nutrition and the, you know, the making you sick and the sugar overhaul whatever it is those are really important conversations to have yeah so
0: the why you can turn that into a learning opportunity and that that's very important and don't feel apprehensive because somebody asks why not even children but as adults i think that i can ask you why stephanie and you don't say hey i said so so what happened (laughs) (laughs) just tell me why (laughs) Just tell me why so I can understand more. But um, Stephanie, I I I like to uh um the importance, right? How do we implement the self care in, in in our lives mm-hmm. and in, in in your life in particular? You can perhaps use your life, but yeah. you know, extending it to to our lives how important that is.
2: Self-care is so critical. And this has taken me a long time to learn because I think sometimes we always think, okay, we got to grind. We got to do this. We yeah. got to do that. And we really do have to recognize that that not only do we need to take care of ourselves just because we need to, but when we're dealing with people who are dealing with trauma or anything... There is compassion fatigue. We, we yeah. have that. That's a real thing. And so I think everybody needs to find their own area of self-care. I'm personally um, an, a social introvert. That's what I call myself. I <laughs> love to be around people, but I need my downtime. And oh. so making sure that I have time alone one of my self-care tools is working out. I love to exercise. Cool,
1: cool.
2: And I also, I'm, I'm a vocalist and a, I play keyboard. And so spending time doing those kind of things, that's self-care for me. Mm-hmm. And those are really important um, pieces of, of my time. And so everyone has different self-care techniques. Some people take baths. Um, some people mm-hmm. go on a hike um and i think and some people even like calling a friend i think that's an important piece of self care but mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest ways we can do it is turn off our phones <laughs> turn off our computers not during this podcast but at some yeah, point, i know i know <laughs> computers and just be with people we love that's a huge piece of self care
0: yeah you know i i i, I thought a lot just now because this thing about turn off your phones <laughs> tell me now stephanie it's hard many, many, many of us it's not a teenager thing it's not another thing anymore many of us glued to the phone we don't oh, yeah. see anybody else around us
2: yeah oh yeah it's it's constantly we've we've all gotten this um, I mean, we have the phantom phone ring. I mean, we have our phones on us so much that we think it rings when it doesn't. And I'm as guilty as the next person. I am one of those people who, um, you know, I check my phone first thing in the morning and who's, but it's just when I when I can um, and willing to, I will set it away and be able to walk away from it so that there are those sacred times dinner time with the family or things like that, where phones are not a part of, of the moment. And yeah. that is hard sometimes, but it just, it says to the people in our lives, um, you know what, you're more important than this person who might yeah. reach out to me on my phone.
0: Yeah. As, as we touch the phone situation, I, I just like to to swing back to, to, to the trafficking situation mm-hmm. a bit. As it relates to social media, yeah, and and that all oh, social media we were talking a little bit about it. All oh, social media, um, impact that human trafficking thing, and you know, how oh, dangerous is social media and and the, the addiction to social media mm-hmm. as it relates to human trafficking,
2: yeah. Well, we know that, um. The anxiety and depression among teens has increased tremendously because of the phone, because of social media, and mm-hmm. there is a a dopamine reaction. You know, we've got this dopamine because we get so many likes yeah, and it's right. exciting, <laughs> and that really does create um, a form of addiction. And with with social media. And trafficking, we just recently saw with the pandemic, we were all isolated. You know, we had no other communication but social media and phones and things like that. And trafficking increased. Um, There was one one month specifically during COVID that they saw an increase in trafficking of 42% of reported calls because... We're isolated. We're on our phones. Um, mm-hmm. We Our disclosures with kids have increased tremendously because we have seen kids um, just really struggle with what's happening. And anxiety is up, depression is up, and um, being on social media only really increases and impacts that stronger. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah social media is a, it's a, it's a, it's a very serious thing. I think many people are addicted to social media now and and it's 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 yeah. it's it's a lot, right?
2: Yeah, I know. It's you know, it's <laughs> I, we we take the stance social media is great. It's a great way oh, to yeah. communicate. It's great to connect. I mean, look what we're doing right now. Right, yeah, yeah. I think it's informative, but there are a lot of dangerous things that can happen with social media, including addiction and not being able to step away. And so we just need to learn how to safely navigate that. We need to help our kids safely navigate that. It's, it's not going away. So we need to just really learn how to utilize that in a safe way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. But before I I would love to talk a bit about your business, honestly. Yeah. Um, but before I do that, let me just um go back into into your traumatic experiences. Um, I I'd love you to 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 talk about what you want to talk about as it relates to first domestic violence.
1: Mm.
2: You know, um, I, I always considered myself a very strong individual. I'm not. I'm not sure i was i had a lot of insecurities but one of the things that my abandonment created was this desire to be loved this desire to feel valued and so you know it's the cliche i looked in it in all the wrong places or looked for it in all the wrong places and when i found somebody who said i love you i want to be with you forever whatever that may look like um i fell hard And as and just like I said, with the grooming process, I think I said that the person who goes into the grooming process is never the same person who comes out. It's the same thing with domestic violence and those situations. The person who goes in is never the same person who comes out. And so as the control started to really um, increase and, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to wear this, you can't talk to this person and those types of things. And a lot of emotional abuse, you know, telling me that I'm, you know, stupid or I'm not worth anything or whatever it may be, it starts to eat away at everything good. And um, so you, any self-worth you had is now even lower and you're told repeatedly, well, you're not gonna be able to find anybody else, and you start to believe those things. Yeah. And so it it takes a long time to crawl out of a situation like that. And and it takes a lot of support systems and a lot of um a lot of help. So those are really yeah. that really shaped who I was.
0: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned something earlier on. I just like to to um just bring this into the fold this thing about um repetitive relationship syndrome um it's basically in psychology what it, what it means is that um the, the person keeps getting the same partners same type of partners over and over again not knowing why but it just yes. happens yeah it's
2: um, what you know yeah right right and finally i mean i say by the grace of god um because healthy attracts healthy i mean yeah. that's I mean, you don't, you don't find a significantly healthy person and a not healthy person. And there's a match typically. Right. And so um, I say, by the grace of God, I met my current husband um, who is healthy and who not perfect, but right. definitely um, an amazing, an amazing man. And that took, and I was, drinking at I was an alcoholic okay. and um so that took a lot of work and yeah. those first few years were just really tough um but you know 24 years later we've been able to I mean we've got we've got a great marriage he's a lot of fun to be really? around but um I I it it took work it was a yeah. lot of work and a lot of work to just change my mindset about myself and oh. relationships and what those were supposed to look like and it was constant for-
0: before you go into the sexual violence um, part of the traumatic experience um, would you say you know that would you say that you believe in the opinion that relationship is the hardest thing to do? Intimate relationship
2: yeah <laughs> okay. I I do think it, it I think that people who don't recognize, that it is um, a lot of work to maintain yeah. end up being very disappointed very quickly. I heard somebody say they they had been married 50 years and somebody said how did you stay married for 50 years and they said well we just didn't fall out of love at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's true. There I told I told my um, there was one woman who I was talking to who said who was, you know, they were very newly together, and everything was roses, and everything was wonderful, and oh, I love uh, And I said, "You let me know after twenty years if you haven't tried to kill your husband in his sleep, then we can talk." You
0: know, it's yeah, yeah, awesome. it's,
2: it's, it's, it's hard work, yeah. but
1: yeah. worth yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It's so you have to work on it. You have to work you on it. it. Yeah. yeah, I am Dr. Kenyut White. Uh, you're listening to Kenyut Exploration. Your topic in the podcast, those persons listening on their favorite podcast platform, Upper Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Oliver. Um, I am sitting in with Stephanie Olson, and um, she is talking now about her dramatic experiences. Sexual violence.
1: Mm.
2: That is a big one that happens to so many women. And I will tell you my story. It's really very fascinating to yeah. me. Um, Because I was um, I was raped several times in high school and in college. And what was so incredible was that I didn't realize that it was rape until I was in this work several years later, because what I did was blamed myself. So I was drunk. It was my fault. I, I shouldn't have been doing that. And I think so many people who experience sexual violence often mm-hmm. don't even realize it's happening because they're blaming themselves no. for somebody perpetrating violence on them. And um, that was a real eye opener for me. I'd always looked at I mean, I knew it happened. I knew what it looked like. But I never equated it to rape yeah. until I was um, in this work and I was listening to someone talk about trauma, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's what it was." So mm-hmm. we have to learn not to take that in and blame ourselves for some of those situations, and um, really call it what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, important. I I I love how you you talk about it, and you know, it's so that other women can. Can understand, can listen, can hear um, the the challenges that others have have been you know faced with. Um, this thing about battered woman syndrome and, yeah. and so on, you know, it, it's 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 thing it's happening out there, and yeah. and there, there's this strong silence, and um, I I think that women and the men too, because yes. I think that men are being battered as well, right? Um, need to come out and say, hey, I'm having this challenge. And, and indeed, Stephanie, before you say, um, and, and indeed, persons in the LBG, LBGTQ um, um, mm-hmm. community, um, they're being challenged too. Um, so it's not only in the heterosexual zone. Correct.
2: Well, and that's a really, I, I want to address that because I think that's really important on both counts because a, a lot of times we only talk about, um, sexual violence or dating, dating violence or domestic violence, very one sided. It's the man who's the abuser and the woman who is being abused. And we look at it that way. But the reality is, um, it can span any gender, any situation. And so um, there are men that are being abused in relationships whether in a um heterosexual or homosexual relationship it doesn't okay. matter but they we have told men in our society um you know suck it up buttercup
0: yeah, yeah. You
2: yeah. deal yeah. with it men don't cry and yeah. so we don't see those disclosures among men as often i've also seen um a lot of situations where there's domestic violence um, there was a um, a couple and they were gay Yo. women and one of them was extremely abusive and the other one didn't want to come out and say, gosh, you know, I'm oh. being abused because it didn't make sense because mm-hmm. we talk about it in this standard way. So whether you're um, male, female, non-binary, whether you are in a um, a straight relationship or a gay relationship, okay. whatever it is, domestic violence can okay. happen to anybody. And if it is happening to you, please, please, please get help and get support.
0: Yeah, and I endorse that, Stephanie. Addiction,
2: yes, addiction. I think we all have this problem.
1: <laughs> Food, <Full laughs> sex. <laughs> oh, is <that> <laughs> <There are> so <laughs> yeah.
2: many! You know, I always, I jokingly say I don't do moderation well. So I've been addicted mm-hmm. to cigarettes. I've been addicted to to alcohol. I've been, I mean, just all the things. And um, addiction's really tough because you're yeah. looking for something to numb the pain. Okay. And what we need to do, whether it's food. Whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whether it, whatever, yep. we're looking for something to just numb that pain. Mm-hmm. And if we recognize that, you know, that pain is something we need to feel. We actually yeah. need to feel it. And so, trying to find out, um, you know, why is it that I'm turning to alcohol every time I'm you know, happy every time I'm sad, every day, you know, at some yeah. point it becomes just a constant thing, but it usually started somewhere because I'm feeling this and I don't want to feel that anymore.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I got you. So, so this thing about abandonment, what's that? What's going on there with you? Uh, what had gone on there with you? Yeah. Um, it's
2: that. So one of the things they have said, um, you know, I said, trauma is trauma is trauma. And one of the things I found out much later in life is one of the biggest traumatic events in a child's life is the abandonment of a parent.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and that just creates this empty gap in, you know, something that you just can't fill on your own. And we see that so often, but, but abandonment doesn't have to be just of a parent. It can be of any loved one. It can be of any, and it's, it's rejection. It's, it's feeling rejected and, um, and what that experience does. And so I think that it's really important to take, because the abandonment of my biological father affects affected my entire life, affected my relationships. And Mm -hmm. finally, what I I just actually did a podcast about this on my own, because finally, what I realized was that I needed to not focus on the abandonment, Mm -hmm. but focus on the people in my life who have embraced me. And that is um, that is really important and not always easy to do because that abandonment piece, you know, we always look at the stuff that's hard and and painful, but really having to let go of that. I can't change that. I can't fix it. um, And and I don't even need to because I'm embraced by these people and I'm going to I'm going to embrace that myself. So
0: wow wow you know you you have you have you know you've come from so far you know from childhood and and I, I believe that you talk about resilience you 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 are there you you really um yeah. you know journey through this as a strong woman and uh, and i and i applaud you i think you're a very strong woman and and i would like to also um lift my hat off to your current husband and he's Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, you know. I, you know, he's working with you, and you know, <laughs> you're, you're together. All the best to you guys. Um, tell me though, uh, your business you know, I I don't usually do this on my show to jump right into the, 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 the guest business, you know, organization, company, but but you are doing something that will protect persons who might get themselves involved in in human trafficking. Yeah. So it's important for me to hear, for us to hear a bit about what you're doing.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so the Set Me Free project um, was born because we saw a lot of good things happening in the area of counter-trafficking mm-hmm. in, in the world and in our state and things like that. But what we didn't see a lot of is people talking to the targets of trafficking, which are yeah. our youth. And talking to the people who worked with youth. And so that's really where we stepped in. We built a curriculum from third grade through college age for youth. And um, we go directly into the classroom and talk to kiddos. And um, we do it in a way that is, despite the topic, we do it in a way that is fun yeah. That is engaging, we have a lot of activities, and we bring a lot of humor into our topic. We we always say, we don't take ourselves very seriously. We take yeah. our topic very seriously, but not ourselves. And so when we have these conversations with the kids, we talk about human trafficking, both sex and labor right. coming out. We talk about social media, safety, and how to navigate that. And we talk about healthy relationships. And, um, and in third grade through six, we're not talking about sex trafficking. We're talking about social media safety. We're talking about empathy. We're talking about consent and responsibility and all of those things, but we just have so much fun and what happens is these kiddos recognize that yes, they can overcome too. And if they're experiencing trauma they have an opportunity to disclose. I I just wanna share a story of a little bit about what it looks like because we had a young boy, we were in a classroom and it's just one educator in the class with the kids and activities and fun. But I I said, the bottom line is we teach you have value, you have worth, and that's the foundation of every piece of curriculum we have. And we had this one young boy approach us, after the presentation. And he said, I have never heard anyone tell me that Mm. I have value. I have never heard that. And so our educator started talking to him and he started talking to to her and he said, he disclosed that he was in an extremely sexually abusive home and he was going through a very difficult time. So we of course reported it. And normally when that happens, we don't know the end of the story. We don't know. We never hear what happens next. Well, this young boy emailed us and he said, I just wanted you to know I was pulled from my home, but I am safe for the first time in my life. And it's because of you. Mm. And then he emailed us one month later and he said, hey, I wanted to let you know it's my birthday. And then (laughs) A birthday because of you. And wow. that's why we do what we do. That's it.
0: I love that. I love that. What's the name of the project? What's the name?
2: The Set Me Free project. Yep. Okay. And we travel and um so we would love to be in schools across the, the nation. Um, right. But one of the things we also do for those who are not near us is we do agency trainings. Okay. So if there are organizations that want to do what we're doing, that are trying to get into their schools with these topics, we actually sell our models. So we oh. give, give um, we sell the curriculum, but we also sell. How to present it that that it's it's not just the you can have great curriculum and crappy presenters, and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So we teach people this is how to present it. This is how to do it. This mm. is how to get in schools. And then we support you for a year oh, with okay. the curriculum online. and then there's a recertification after that year. and we can just partner with you all the way through.
0: so it's a tree in the tree and the thought of thing.
1: Yeah. It's
2: time kind to of train the trainer, except for they don't train anybody. Okay. Um, so we train them and they oh, can yeah. take it to the schools. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's awesome.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, I love it. I love it. You know, that's yeah. up to you and your project, your organization. <laughs> um, I want you, before we sort of wrap up, I want you to talk to a number of persons as if they're in front of you. First, I want you to talk to those. Um, Child, Childhood Stephanie, Those little Stephanie.
2: I love that. Well, the first thing I would say is someday you're going to like your hair. That would be the first <laughs> thing I would tell childhood Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would say you are loved and you do have value. And it doesn't matter what happens around you or the circumstances in your life. That's an intrinsic value that you have. And so you don't need to try and prove that you are someone special. You just are. And you don't need to try to become something you're not because who you are is amazing. That's what I would tell little self. Yeah. What
0: would you tell the, the, the ladies though, women, especially, the, well, not necessarily married, but those single women, those women who are, who are trying to find self?
2: Mm. Well, I would say um, you don't need a partner to um, be fulfilled and happy and complete. Um, You know, a a lot of people have a strong faith. And if, if that is what helps, I think that's important. But you can be your strong, amazing self without a partner. And so take those relationships slowly um if you find somebody that you think is amazing and you you want to spend your life with great take it slow and learn who they are um watch how they treat other people watch how they treat you and don't settle for less than you deserve that's what i would say
0: hey stephanie stephanie also i mean you are you are amazing Thank and you. Uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing is amazing too, right? And um, I, 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 I have learned a lot. We have learned a lot um, here on Can you Exploration, your topic in the podcast. And Stephanie, I, I am wishing you all the best in what you have been doing. And, you know, and I, I am sure that you will extend it into Florida Yes, Jamaica. I love talk about Jamaica. That's, that's love my that. right. Yes, Jamaica, I would love the that. The term, yeah. We
1: would
2: love to go. Yes, absolutely. We actually are looking at expanding into Florida right now, so okay, cool. that's that's an option very soon.
0: Okay, and um, hopefully in Jamaica as well. Yeah, I don't want to leave out Jamaica and <laughs> <day. laughs>
2: That would be great. Yes, take us anywhere. We would love to go
0: all right cool so, so so that's it and you know we, we thank you for coming on um can you exploration to share you know the, the the whole aspect the truth about human trafficking and to share your life as well
2: thank, thank you. you for that thank you for what you do as well
0: all right that was uh, stephanie also she she's such an amazing person and um we 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 hear it in her personality and her her being amazing, um, extend to, to what she is doing through a project and, and other um, aspects of her life to, to protect others as it relates to human trafficking. And not only to protect others as it relates to human trafficking, but to protect those persons, those females who, who may be in a domestic violence sort of situation, sexual violence sort of situation. Those persons who are addicted to something, she is saying to us, hey, I have gone through that so here what happened this is what you should do this is what i'm suggesting that you do and don't worry you will be fine and um i'm hoping that you have listened here on can you exploration to what she was saying and share it subscribe that you won't miss any other episodes you know we we, what we do here we empower others right we talk the truth We, we we listen to the stories of others so that you can be inspired this was Kenute expiration. your topic in the podcast. I am Dr. Kenute White. And remember, we are still in a pandemic. Remember the hygiene thing, I call it. Wash your hands, but it's more than that. So it's the hygiene thing. And um, wear a mask. Look at the social distancing. You know, if you have to measure it, measure it. Because we, we tend to be getting too close, too close um, recently. So we still need to maintain that um, social distance. The The vaccine. I had done um, my two um, doses of Pfizer, and um, April and May gone. So, do the vaccine. It's 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 in my mind. It's okay, right? I'm not forcing you to do it, but I'm encouraging you um, from my end to to do that, so that we can go back out as soon as possible. We're not sure when all of this will be done, but we have a part to play in all in in getting ourselves back together, not to the normal that we know, but some um, resemblance of normalcy. Um, hey, take care and bye-bye.